0: Welcome back to the Everything Must Go podcast. I am Steven, and with me as always is Brandon, and we've got a new guest in today's episode. Coming from the great Buckeye State, also my home state, we have Brother Beard. Brandon? What
1: up? What's up, Beard? Introduce our guest to everyone. Let me give you the glorious (laughs) introduction that I feel like you deserve. Um, So, this guest today is is a weekly contributor to the Flippin' Gaming Twitch channel, Um, He's a man of many hats, okay? He's a streamer, a horror and character artist, all right? Full-time student for art education, which I'm super excited about. He sent me some of his paintings, and they look incredible. I'm always happy when I get those pics. And probably most importantly of all those hats, uh, he is a father of two. As one of my closest friends on Twitch, um, and like Stephen said, another Ohio native, we welcome to the show brother beard beard how is it going today how you doing
2: dude i'm i'm doing excellent thanks for having me guys thanks for that that intro i'm like a little emotional now yeah my glasses all foggy, dude (laughs) i'm uh (laughs) no i'm happy to be here man and uh i'm excited to do it to you know contribute here and yeah it's been how many months has it been now since we've been we've been gaming and streaming together now? I know,
1: it, it feels like a long time. I feel you know sometimes you get those friendships where you're like I feel like I've known this guy forever. I feel like I've known him right. growing up, whatever. That's how it feels. But I think it's only really been like five, four or five months.
2: Yeah, that make actually that makes sense because uh, I started really picking up into the hunt community uh, at the beginning of June. So yeah. Uh, yeah, so next month, next month, it'll be uh, officially half a year then.
0: Hell yeah, man. And also, we got to give a shout out, Brother Beard here, wearing a flannel, he didn't have to do it. He didn't. He didn't have to do it, (laughs) but he chose to do it. He saw what was happening on this episode, and we appreciate that. And
1: now we're the flannel bros, as Steven (laughs) said before the show started. We are
0: the flannel bros, if nothing (laughs) else. I want to give a little bit of, um, now that we've kind of like had our intro here, I want to talk a little bit about... we're going to go over later in this episode. Um, So it's going to be pretty similar to the structure that we did in the last episode with Rissa Havoc, which uh, shout out. Thank you for joining Rissa. If anyone didn't see it or didn't listen to it, make sure you check it out. Um, We're going to talk about um, something a little bit new to start, which is we're going to talk about uh, making money off social media, which we didn't dive too much into previously. We'll have another goal conversation, and then we're going to pass it to Brother Beard to talk about uh, being a father and doing content creation, which is something unique, not something we've talked about on uh, the podcast before, which is part of the reason why we've got guests here. We want to be able to have these types of conversations, and then we're going to do the uh, movie Critics Must Go, uh, a fan favorite that is now properly titled after that garbage that it was uh, before. So, (laughs) Brother Beard... Um, First off, great name. Any uh, quick backstory on how you got that name?
2: So, (laughs) so yeah, so there was, there was a period of time uh, where I was really struggling trying to find my identity um, because I, I had a name that an ex had given me and it was like, I had a couple people that were like, Oh, this name is great. But like in terms of, uh, uh, I I, like, I think I had started um, like uploading a couple like streams onto YouTube and I was like, oh yeah, you guys should check out my streams. And no one could find me. So the name was uh Snarf Blatte was my original name. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. And yeah, so because I was I was playing something and my I was like, I need a name, and my ex goes, Snarfblat. And I was like, okay. And I type it in, it's taken. So I was like, <laughs> Snarfblat with two T's. Taken. I threw an E on the end. I was like, Snarf Blatte, Master of Disguise. <laughs> and, and like my brother to this day loves it, but like no one could pronounce it. And when you would type it in, I'd be like, yeah, just look up Snarf Blatte and you'll, you'll see my Resident Evil streams. You got nothing but videos of Ariel from the Little Mermaid talking about forks. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you couldn't find me. So, um, so I, yeah, so I was like, okay, so Snarf Blatte's gotta go. Um, I went through a couple different names and nothing really stuck so I was like I really had to sit and I was like okay well what is what am I known for you know even in my personal life and ever since I was uh, a kid um, I got facial hair really early like I started getting peach fuzz when I was in like fifth grade right (laughs) so uh, so everyone knew me as the guy with the beard you know what I mean like my all through middle school all through high school I was in you know, tw- I was in 10th grade walking around with a full beard and and believe it or not at the time hair halfway down my back looking like Thor and uh <laughs> so I was just like I got to do something with beard right I was like I get I get called the, uh, a Midwest Viking a lot I was always called Thor I got the beard thing so I was like I got to do something with the beard bro um and I I don't know it just kind of came together from there <laughs> nice
0: I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) You got a beard. I'll be
1: honest. I didn't even know this. I didn't know you went by Snarf Blatte before. This (laughs) This is news to
2: me. I was Snarf Blatte, master of disguise.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Oh, man. So one thing that we like to start off uh, with with our guests here, um, to sort of paint a picture for an audience member who doesn't know who you are. You know, some might because they tune into my uh, Twitch channel, but for those who don't, so... If I'm a person viewing your content for the first time, but also you have an unlimited time to leave an impression on me, what do you want to get across to me? What feelings or thoughts do you want me, as the viewer, to walk away with?
2: Um, that uh, you're just gonna look and be like, man, that is a bald stallion. That is a bald eagle soaring. <laughs> over the crowd of twitch no 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 um so the so the the kind of um environment that i try to cultivate in my streams is kind of like it's kind of like that feeling of back when like you were you were you know in high school or middle school hanging out with you know hanging out with the friends sitting around on some couches playing like friggin' xbox or n64 or whatever your demographic um just hanging and shooting the shit just you know being pals pound around goofing on each other uh, you know, taking jabs at one another playfully, that sort of thing. Um, but more importantly, uh, as, as an entire community, just kind of that that sense of um, everyone kind of knows one another. You know what I mean? Like, everyone gets along. Um, you know, you get the inside jokes going. Everyone's goofing. And, um, you know, we, we play all kinds of different stuff. So, you know, variety is definitely the name of the game. But, um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's the, the biggest theme. Yeah. is uh togetherness and inclusivity like everyone i want they're they're i don't want anyone to to ever have a feeling like you know like oh this 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 content doesn't apply to me you know what i mean even if it's sure. not like the game itself that feeling of conversation that feeling of of friends hanging out together that's what i try to capture at least
1: yeah and i could say as um you know both a person who has streamed with beard a lot of times and also just watched him um you know, separately, that feeling one hundred percent comes across. Like genuinely, it's one thing I can say as a streamer with Beard is there's such a good feeling of that. You know that that friends palin around thing. Our most of our communities know each other and like know when we play together that it's like gonna be, you know this 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 fun time and. It's not like, you know, sometimes on Twitch you have this feeling of a streamer is interacting with their chat, and then the other streamer that's playing with them, they're interacting with their chat separately. I feel like so many times when we've played together, it's been this, everybody is talking together, whether it's in Beard's chat, whether it's in my chat, whether it's just him and I speaking, you know, individually. It really is this, we got a big group of friends to, to play some games, to, to, to talk about some funny stuff, some nostalgia, goof around a little bit, maybe get serious every once in a while. Um, and it's, it's, it's a grand old time. So I really appreciate that about you beard.
2: Thanks man. I appreciate, I
0: appreciate you. <laughs> Wait, you, let me ask a question. Cause I, I do, when you were talking about how it feels like you guys have known each other for a while, but it's only been like five months. I think a lot of people maybe who aren't as familiar with Twitch kind of get curious, like, how do Twitch streamers actually meet each other? Is it something where you're just into a particular game, so you're watching a lot of people playing that specific game? Like, how do you two come across each other, and is it normal? Would you say the way that you did this? Or just walk me through that a little bit.
2: So uh, from what I remember, uh, whenever me and Flip first came across one another, I I think you came in on a raid. Or something, or maybe I came in on a raid on yours, but it was one of those two. We we one we ended up like, you know, coming across one another through raids, um, and then I remember it was just kind of hanging out in chat, you know what I mean? And then uh, sensing a similar sense of humor, we just kind of started making jokes, and then um, I remember I was in I was in flips chat, and uh, we were talking about we were talking about uh, the, the, the primary game that we stream, which is uh, Hunt Showdown. And, um, so we were like goofing around back and forth and I had him cracking up. And then he said, he made a comment where he was like, you know, well, you know, maybe sometime soon in the bayou, we will come across each other as enemies. And I typed in, I was like, or oh, we could, you know, just like play together, you know, we'd yeah. be, like friends, you know, like, that's cool too. And he was like, oh yeah, I, I guess that's, that's a thing. <laughs> and then from, from there, we were just like, I just messaged him. I'm like, well, all right, when are you free, dude? We need to, we need to make this happen. It was, it was like, it was like the scene in Tenacious D where Jack Black and and, uh, KG find out that they each have separate words that make up Tenacious D as a birthmark on, on opposing butt cheeks.
1: (laughs) No, that's a, well, I think I knew you um, through another streamer that you had streamed with. And I had been in chat, but then, yes, the I think the thing that really connected us. So
0: do you know what raids are? Yeah, you've, you've kind of explained it to me. I, I kind of get the basic concept of it now.
1: Yeah, so for our audience, if you don't know, essentially a raid is if I'm streaming and I want to bring my audience to another streamer's channel while they're streaming because I'm going to be done, I will raid them with my audience. Um, and so that's something that I think we did uh, reciprocally. And I don't even know if that's what that's... Is
0: that where I don't know? It's reciprocated it to each other. (laughs) Um, And
1: I, what beard said is absolutely accurate. Yeah. He, I beard was like the first person who I didn't know, like in real life that I think I streamed with uh, in the hunt community or like reached out to me to, to start this. Like the reason I said as enemies is it didn't even cross my mind. The idea of, playing with this random person that I had met online before. Um, so, like, it wasn't... You know, I had played with a, a buddy of mine uh, quite a bit because I knew him, uh, you know, in real life. But I, I say in real life as if this stuff isn't real life. But, you know, I, I knew him in person. Um, in the Matrix. In the, yeah, we're in the <laughs> Matrix right now. But, yeah, so I, I think that he really um, opened my eye and and you can attest to this too like there was a shift i think when i when i was doing the streaming stuff there was a time where i started streaming with other people a lot more mm-hmm. because it became like oh i have commitments now like it's not just i'm booting up stream and i'm i'm doing my own thing it's oh i told this person i would be here at this time so i, I got to be there you know i got to try my best to be there um and I I, want to ask you, too, just really quick, because I I think this is one thing I think that makes Twitch unique and great, but I don't know that YouTube really has the same thing. Do you feel a sense on YouTube that it's conducive for collaboration
0: or networking in the same way that, that Twitch is? I don't think that it is. I think that's one of the things that separates Twitch from the other platforms. I think on YouTube, you really have to make a conscious effort and you more or less have to do it through like Instagram anyways, if you're going to do it through YouTube, because there isn't really a a good platform to send messages back and forth. So I, I really think that for YouTube, it takes like extra steps to be able to do it. And then getting somebody incorporated into a YouTube video, it like I think that that's getting a little bit easier because of zoom and just the the different ways that you can do the, the, these types of collaborations. But no, I mean, as a YouTuber, I look at the, the the probably reason I asked this question is because I look at how the Twitch community is. And I just feel like it's a better community as a whole. Like I feel like people are, are a very tight knit, I think within YouTube, maybe within certain niches, people can be like uh, closer and tight knit. but really with Twitch, I feel like as long as you just like Twitch or you like to stream, I feel like you could pretty much do some type of collaboration with almost anyone.
1: Yeah. And I, uh, beard, I don't know that you, did, did you stream a lot of other games before streaming hunt? I mean, you said that you started in like June. What else did you start with?
2: So, uh, so originally I actually started on Facebook gaming, um, and because uh, oh. when I started, my brother was like, "Dude, Twitch is an L. Facebook, swear it's, it's at." <laughs> so we started there with. Um, uh, I started with Hunt, uh, Jackbox, and Phasmophobia. Okay. Well, actually, not on Facebook. Phasm was when I started on Twitch. Gotcha. So we did yeah. we did Facebook for a little bit, and I had like one or two people that I knew personally come in. But like, when you're when you're building that that community when you don't really when you're starting from from scratch it is really hard to to get going off the ground with facebook or youtube uh, in terms of streaming um so i moved over to twitch in um october of that year and yeah i start so i started with hunt um Baz, jackbox um and then I just kind of started with like different horror games. Um, yeah, Death Stranding was a big one for a little bit. Um it was it was it was always something in the, the line of RPG, horror, or survival. was one of gotcha. those like those three genres.
1: Yeah. And and the reason I asked that too is I th- I think and maybe you can attest to this beard, is not every gaming community is as like tight knit as the hunt community. So oh, like when you sure. when you ask us like you know how did you guys meet I don't think there are at least in my experience so far um, there I don't think there are a lot of other games that do what Hunt has done where it's like Beard could reach out to me like hey do you want to play together and we start doing that and that's like a that's a normal thing within that community is like people will reach out and it's like scheduling sc- streams together i know uh, another friend a mutual friend of ours i am ghost owl he's another streamer he played a game called elite dangerous and he's talked a lot about how that gaming community even though you still technically like co-op certain missions and stuff people would just play individually they wouldn't like do what you do in hunt. So it it is a little different in that way.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Walk me through getting started. Um, I know you said with Facebook gaming, but what was the process to actually starting to make money? Like where did you start at the very beginning with all this? And then when did you start to make money? And then, uh, I, I, I'm just curious to like hear your thoughts on making money through content creation.
2: So, So like I said, yeah, so I started with Facebook gaming, Um, I had like one or two viewers that would come and go not very, you know, regularly, there were people that I knew in my personal life. And there was no real, um, no real outside viewers, like nobody that was just, you know, people I didn't know that sort of thing. So I was like, man, I don't really dig the vibe of this. There was no real chat interaction. And um, my goal when I set out was I was like, I'm already playing games. I would love the idea of having community and like the idea of streaming was always a dream of mine um but i was like man i really want to have uh chat interaction and i saw a lot more of that on twitch than i did anywhere else so i was like you know it's not like i had much to lose so i was like let's let's make the change um so i start over on twitch and uh initially the thought process behind it was the thought process behind it was that it was just me and the boys playing some games and it was going to be a way for us to get some clips some you know we could record some funny things that happened we could look back on it and just be like oh yeah you know look at this that sort of thing um little did i know that your uh, your vods and your clips get deleted after a certain amount of time yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um so then uh but, but when we started it started kind of slowly going up from there you know what i mean and we're i would i would be i would make posts on facebook and uh, i made a twitter and uh, eventually um you know, uh, as as per uh, flips coercion, I uh, made a tick tock. And uh, <laughs> so um, just like I would just it was just a lot of casting the line, you know what I mean? Like you would just be like, Hey, I'm gonna go live. Like, hopefully we get some people to come in. And then um, I had like a little bit of a following for a little bit, right? Nothing too big, like maybe four or five people a night if I was lucky. Um, some really cool people, and I had a buddy um, who was actually—I was his manager for a little bit when I worked um, at a particular company, and uh, he started like really pumping my streams. So I got a couple of his guys come through, whatever. It was cool. Um, fast forward to—I uh, went through a really bad breakup, and I kind of in my—you uh, know—when you're when you're when you're in the the throes of that, you know, you're really just looking for people to be around. Um, yeah. people that have, you know, just a, some sort of support system. Right. Right. So, um, and I, I had watched a couple hunt streamers. I knew of hunt or, or hunt streamers rather. Cause I, have been since hunt showed out hit steam, I was locked in locked in. And, uh, so I'd watch people here and there, but I never talked and, and not even just in the hunt streams, but like in Twitch in general, um, I never really talked in, in chats. So, um, so there was a particular hunt streamer And I I jumped into her chat and just started talking, making jokes here and there. And uh, more and more people started recognizing my name, and then from there I started seeing the numbers go up. And I was like, "Oh, that's weird." And the more I started, and then I started doing that with more punch streamers. And it was just not because I saw the numbers going up, but because I saw this immediately, like we talked about before, this this insane sense of community within that games um, that games community. Everyone, it was like everyone knew each other you know what i mean and it was everyone was super cool with each other everyone was super supportive everyone was building each other up so i just kept at it you know what i mean kept casting those lines and and kept playing and um same mentality of i was just like i don't really expect much out of it but you know we're gonna have some good times we'll record it maybe i get to talk to some cool people and um from there you know it started building up and up and up and I got to a point where, yeah, like I, I started uh, making some pretty good money off of it. And, you know, with the ebb and flow of, of content creation, you know, you had slower months and uh, you had really successful months. And um, like July was nuts for me because it was and I thought it was I was actually going through a time because I was turning 30 and I wasn't ready for that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know I mean,
2: it's that existential dread, um, but yeah, like just uh, people coming out, man, and, and just chatting and stuff. It was It was wild. Um, you know, I didn't do anything crazy. Uh, it was really just being myself in people's chats and just trying to be goofy and make friends. And, um, because of that, I started seeing more interaction in my own chat. Like I wasn't going out making business cards and throwing them around town. I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't going crazy on, on TikTok or, or, or really any of these other sites, I was just kind of the same thing. I I'd, I'd say something stupid on Twitter, like some kind of dumb joke. And I'd be like, and I put my, my link in there. You know, it's just usually me yelling in all caps about something (laughs) dumb. And then I'd be like, yeah, brother, you know, on, on Twitch and, you know, whatever. And yeah, I honestly, that was the biggest thing. The biggest thing I noticed was when things started getting bigger and when money started coming in was just, it seemed like it was just a direct relation of interacting with other people.
1: Well, so for those who don't know Twitch, the way that it operates is, uh, they're, when you start out on Twitch, you're not monetized. You're just a person booting upstream, whatever. And then you reach a certain threshold and you get offered an affiliate program, basically. And uh, I think the you need to have like 50 followers. You need to average three viewers per stream. You yep. need to stream a certain amount of hours within a 30-day period and a certain amount of days within a 30-day period. Um, and then you get offered to be an affiliate. And at that point... Um, you can have your own emotes, uh, you, uh, can get subs, um, and there's like a tier system for the subscription. So there's like tier one, which is like five bucks a month, tier two, how much is a tier two sub? I don't even remember.
2: I think it's five, 10, 15 for the the tiers.
1: It's okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So five for tier one, 10 for tier two, 15 for, for tier three. And that's, that goes to the revenue of the the streamer um and then you can also use twitch prime which is basically if you have an amazon prime account linked to your twitch you can sub to a streamer for free and that supports them um when did you become an affiliate
2: um let me think uh i want to say so uh i've already forgotten what my twitch anniversary was (laughs) i think um but
1: you like you're 20- before me. You, I, I think
2: it was, yeah, October twenty seventh, I believe was yes. my yeah my one year. That's when I started. So um, by the at some point in November, I became affiliated. Wow. I, I remember it, it, it. didn't take super long, um, and a lot of it was because uh, that that friend who I used to work with, um, he really got my name out there um, among his friends, uh, you know, and uh, people that he knew IRL. Um, people that i knew irl um and then i had a <laughs> i had a, um my first mod that i ever had on my channel was actually a high school friend of mine and he was like getting he was like going to his his job and telling people like make a twitch account and follow this guy i love oh, this dude wow. so like i had some really cool people that were really supportive really like telling people like hey i know you don't use twitch but make an account do it
1: Nice. That's awesome. Well, I think you can also see, and you can talk about this a little bit, the difference between the platforms as well, because how long were you on YouTube before you got monetized?
0: Yeah. So there was a few years on me. I mean, I wasn't consistent with it, but it took even after all that, it took like a full year of putting out content consistently before I got monetized basically. Yeah. Very, very close to a year, little less.
1: And, and I feel like the, the, uh, requirements to be monetized on YouTube are so much more daunting. Yeah. It's like, like a
0: thousand subscribers and then you have to have like four thousand hours of watch time, which is like hard to even figure out what that means. Um yeah. Uh I, I, I actually have another question on this because yeah. I think anyone who creates content would love to make money for creating content, even if you're not super serious on it. And I know exactly what it felt like that first time that I saw money slide into my account for making a YouTube video. It was a point of pride just to say like, I made even a dollar doing something that I love. Um, And you know, some people said like, oh, you, you can't make money doing that. So it's a really cool feeling. That being said, I do know that after you make money from creating content, things change. At least for me, because now all of a sudden I'm thinking like, oh, there's a reward if I put out numbers. So if the numbers are there, I'm actually rewarded for it now financially, not just like a point of pride. So when you do start to see that you're able to make money from this, does anything change for you? And if so, like, 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 do you find yourself like starting to cater towards things? Did anything start to change in the process now that money was coming in?
2: Um, not initially. Right. So when I first started making money, I actually wasn't sure it was, it was really hard for me to accept it. Like I remember, uh, the first person that I didn't know that subbed to me, I, I actually DM them and I was like, Hey, I was like, you have no idea how much I appreciate this. And I was like, but, um, you know i was like there there are better people out there on twitch i was like do you uh, i was like do you have a paypal i can send this money back to you and they were like no dude that's the point is i'm, I'm supporting you and i was just like but you didn't mean to right <laughs> you probably just like accidentally put in your credit card it happens you know it happens i was like i was like i appreciate it, dude i just i was like the fact that you were watching was enough. And I was like, you don't got to spend money on me, dude. I'm I'm not worth it. And and the person was just like, "No, dude. Keep on." So, it was weird, you know. Um and then yeah, o- over time, um, I got a little bit more used to it, and even still now, uh, you know, there are times where people will don't know and stuff like that, and I'm like, "Are you are you sure?" Like, you don't got to, you know what I mean? And and uh but yeah, the the mentality starts to change. I feel like the more serious you take it, right? So, when I started this whole journey, I, I it to me it was just something I was doing. It was a well, might as well, you know. I mean, yeah, I wanted to be, you know, I I, w- I would love to make this my career, my job, that sort of thing. Um, I just didn't think it was possible. So, um, so when it started and I started seeing the money come in, I just didn't really pay attention to it. If I'm being honest, I never knew when my pay date, my payouts were um you know i'd see the subs and i'd be like you know it would mean a lot to me but it didn't start registering as money yet um that wasn't until later um i feel like the the more serious i took it and the more i transitioned into full-time streaming and actually like setting up a schedule and networking and like um you know scheduling these dates and, and times for like okay you know i'm playing with so and so on this day from this time to this time like it really felt like I was doing like business meetings. And that's around the time where I started really kind of feeling the mentality change. Um, My content didn't change. Like I I didn't like cater to uh, any particular audience. Um, I didn't try to act any certain way or anything like that. It was just more or less, um, I was more aware of things. Like um, I didn't feel like I changed much in terms of like what we were doing while we were live. But like the statistics and, and things like that started becoming a lot more alarming. Like, um, you know, before I would casually look over and you'd, you know, you see your viewer count and I'd be like, oh, cool. It's a couple of people. You know what I mean? But then it got to a point where I started like obsessing. I started like the, the you know, and, and, and really um, paying attention to whether or not like how many subs I was getting per day, you know, how many follows we were getting per day. And like, just all the statistics that didn't really matter started becoming very important and very like, I gotta make sure I'm, I'm doing what I need to do, you know, and I'm being funny and I'm, I'm, I'm properly editing stuff. I'm creating new content. I'm updating my visuals. Like everything started becoming a lot more stressful the more i started relying on it as a full-time job.
1: Yeah. Well, and <clears throat> you know, you talk about I, I can say like on stream i never felt um, you know, with you that anything had changed cuz you and i had had a lot of conversations of, about the, you know, this time frame where, you know, the money stuff, you know, like making money was a an important thing, you know, cuz yeah. it was like, oh, you know, this i'm i'm kind of using this income. So I never felt like during that time, um, anything changed between us on stream, but I definitely felt like personally that it was a taxing thing because like you said, like you pay more attention to the numbers and it's like there's a pressure there. What do you think for you um, allowed you to, I guess, separate your creative side from this side that was like, this is a business thing. And do you think that that made streaming less fun for you? Like walk me through that mindset a little
2: bit or that, that experience. So, like I said, so, you know, for a while, even I was even kind of oblivious when I was doing well, I was kind of still oblivious to the fact that things were going the way they were. Um, so, you know, I would just, I was just more or less like, oh, I got to figure out how to schedule time with these people. And then there was a time, excuse me, there was a time where, like, my, my Discord was constantly blowing up and I was like, "Oh, you know, all these people were like, hey, when we can play, when we can play. And I started getting kind of stressed out with, like, I really wanted to play with everyone, um, but you can't. You know, you really got to get to a point where you got to pick and choose and, and uh, so that got to be a little bit stressful for sure. Um, but yeah, my, when it came to like the, the creative side, like wanting to, uh, like focusing on what content I was doing um, and that sort of thing, you kind of get to a moment where you're like, you, you come across a couple different crossroads, right? So you have like one where you're, you know, you have to kind of make a choice between am I playing with new people or am I playing with the people that I really enjoy playing with? Because on one side, you you know, you'll have buddies that are like, you know, you, you guys are, you know, you have a lot of great conversations, it's really funny, you're making really good content, but there are people that are that get kind of bored of that, and they're like, okay, well, you know, we know this, we know the, the you know, the you and this guy routine, yeah I guess, and they, they're like, why don't you play with some other people, and then there are other people that are like, well, you know, you don't really vibe with these people, why aren't you playing with so-and-so? So you kind of hit this weird block of like what's best for me as a creator um and my you know and, and what do I feel good about putting out there um so when I got to that point where I started stressing right i uh streaming did become kind of become really stressful for me because um i was i got to a point where i was so hyper focused on the stats that i wasn't really considering what i was presenting what i was putting out um and i felt like i fell into this 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 kind of um oh shoot what's the guy's name from the aviator uh
1: oh uh
2: yeah what is his name leonardo dicaprio plays him
0: yeah i know what movie you're talking about howard hughes How, yeah, howard hughes
2: go. So yeah, if you remember that movie, Howard Hughes is like locked in a room, you know, pissing in mason jars. Yeah. And he's so like, oh, what do what, you know, what did I do? And I, dude, I, like there was like a moment where I kind of felt Howard Hughesy. I mean, I wasn't peeing in jars, but like, you know, I'd look at a jar from afar and I'm like, you know, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can see the tactical uses of the pee jar. You are a but tactician. I will say that about you. I, 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 I try to be, you know, I, I got my tactical flannel on, you know. Definitely
0: a flannel guy. That's yeah. what we know. You uh, do know that.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, it, it goes with the beard, you know. I feel like the flannel gives my beard power. The beard gives the flannel power. You're going to be
1: kinda, chopping be, trees <laughs> after this is what we're trying to get Yeah, to. you guys look right. like
0: you both chop some trees. I look I like mean, more the poser. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I mean, at this point, with this beard and flannel, I could probably chop a tree down with my hand.
0: You know, just, i do it. I don't, don't want to say do I'm it. Super
2: Saiyan. I, I mean, the 7-Eleven that was... The, the tree was behind says I can't come back, but I just wear a hat. And it's fine. <laughs> and I'm not saying I'm Super Saiyan Goku. I'm just saying we haven't been in the same place at the same I've time. I've never seen them at
1: the same time. That's true. That is a truth you thing. know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I got to that point where I started feeling obsessed. I yeah. started really getting to where I was like every little thing that I'm doing felt like I was doing wrong because, you know, with content creation, there are ups and there are downs. There's always this ebb and a flow. And I started seeing things that happened where I was like, I would see, I would notice lower viewer counts. And I was like, okay, well, what am I doing? That's making that go down. How can I make it go up? Um, subs were kind of slow that month or that day, you know, why, what am I doing wrong? And I never really, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where like, I wasn't really taking into account that like, you know, you can't, you know, you may have, you may cultivate a community and you obviously not everyone's going to be there, you know, showing up, punching in their time card be like, all right, blossom here. You know what I mean? Like, but you get to a point where you're just like, it, you know, if you see the, 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 the less and less interaction, you're like, shit, I, I, instead of it, instead of you just thinking like, Oh, it's, you know, maybe they're off doing something else. They're watching somebody else. Or any number of reasons, you start going. Well, what am I doing wrong? And oh shit, I gotta change this because, you know, I yeah, I gotta make sure I have, I can pay my bills. I gotta make sure that I can pay all this stuff. And it really become, it comes down to that. Where once you're all your income comes from Twitch or whatever content creation you're doing, you kind of hit that moment where you're like, everything becomes more about what's working and what's, you know, um, like what people are responding to, rather than what you're responding to. So even though I was still playing with the people I wanted to play with, and I was still playing the games I wanted to play, I wasn't to the point where I was like, oh, you know, Fortnite's doing well. Let's go play Fortnite. You know what I mean? It was, I was still doing what I wanted to do, but it was like all the stuff that I enjoyed about it was here. And I was looking over there at the stats and the stats were like, Hey. And I was so busy focused on that, that I'm just going through the motions and this right here is just like, hey, you're having great conversations and you guys are having fun. And, oh, hey, you just got a sick, nasty headshot. And then I'm just, like, sitting over there going, but there's one viewer less than there was yesterday. What the hell? What the hell, man? I mean, I'm exaggerating a little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah. Brandon, do you feel that a bit? Because Brandon, I'm very numbers-focused. And I know that Brandon before um, was always, like, the less numbers person and was just, like, the numbers will come, basically. But since you do Twitch also – um and and you make money off of Twitch as well like do you feel similar to what brother beard say like what 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 is the process been like for you
1: well i i think there is a big distinction you know and something that beard's pointed out is you know this was his main source of income at the time so there was there were a lot like pretty heavy stakes on making that money for me i have that 9 to 5 so you know i don't have that pressure of um, oh, I need this to, you know, feed myself or even in your case, you know, feeding kids. your kids. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that that that's an intensity that I don't I don't have to deal with. Um. I will say that I think that this is one. It, it's a double edged sword for me, because I think on one end, I don't end up getting to these places, even though it's not my, you know, even aside from the, the the idea of, like, could this be my full-time job? Like, maybe it would change if it became my full-time job, but I don't really get to the places of worrying about numbers other than, like, I had this goal for the, like, 500 followers by my one-year mark. So I was, like, really... I was pushing myself to get... to make more content, more, 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 to get to that number. But other than that, like, you know, we'll play games like Void Train, and that game I get... Less than 10 viewers in, but it doesn't really matter to me. Like, I that's just not something that I've ever been super aware of or, or cared much about. Um, you know, I think it might be different if, like, you know, now that I feel like I am heading a certain direction on Twitch, I feel like I'm growing or whatever, if it like absolutely halted and I was like, oh shit, I've only got five viewers for the rest of the year or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'd be like. Wait, what? What changed here? But for the most part, um, I don't. I don't struggle with that as much, and I feel like that's one thing that you and I have talked about a lot over. Um, I mean, really, the course of our content creation stuff is, you know, there's a little bit of connection because it's not that I don't care about it at all. It's just for whatever reason, my mind is able to sep to really separate that out from from the the creation itself. And I'm just much more fulfilled by, uh, just focusing on the, the creation itself. Um, but I know like, and I don't know if this, I feel like you were always this way, even before you became monetized, but like, we've talked a lot about, um, the numbers having their impact on you. And like, for you, it's different. Cause it's not Twitch and it's also you have a nine to five as well, but like walk me through some of what you've experienced and what you're going through.
0: Well, I mean that's part of the reason why I asked the question, um, like does it impact the content itself? Because for me after I got monetized, it was largely because I started uh I put out one video about Chicago that has uh almost a hundred thousand views and like just that video alone would was adding to a lot of my subscribers. So of course, um, I've been down this road before, where I made a video and then I got thousands of views, and I was like, hmm, maybe I should make another video like that one, because that one clearly brought in some traffic. So then it, it like that temptation is always there to just be like, all right, well I'll just keep making videos about that same thing over and over. And it's not even just a temptation; it just like it also just like logically makes sense. I should give people what they want. So yeah, of course that that has been something that i've dealt with but then even within that if you do it and then at any point in time uh you realize that you're not even getting the views from doing that thing that you were doing to try to cater to the audience then you're you're like wait a second i'm doing actually what i don't want to do and i'm not getting the audience and then that's when it's like the worst possible combination and it's happened to me before where like both are happening at the same time and that's when you realize like at the end of the day if you're not doing this because you love it and you're having fun with it, like life is practical. It's going to, it's going to catch up to you at some point and people are going to be able to see through it. So that's why you really have to stick to doing what it is that you enjoy because like, that's the thing that's going to take you to the highest mountain within your content space anyway. So that that's been like the lesson I've learned through all this.
1: Yeah. And, and, into I mean, just listening to you talk, I feel like I should articulate my my stance a little bit better. I don't want to be disingenuous and say that I don't pay attention to it at all. Like I yeah. wanna grow. You know, I it's not that I I just ignore the numbers completely. Like I want to yeah. I wanna do this for a living. You know what I mean? So like there there are stakes in that regard. Like I wanna do this for a living and I and yeah, I would like for this to become a living as fast as possible, to be completely honest. Um, right. Yeah. So like there, there is that, uh, and I don't want to come across like, oh yeah, I just, oh, I just do it. You know, I just create and you know, whatever happens, <laughs> happens. It's not that black and white. So I just wanted to rearticulate, like I pay attention to that. We've talked about like my version of the Chicago videos has been hunt showdown. And I think that you could probably attest to that as well, beard, where it's like this community has been so great. And so, um, it's it's always just so inviting and accepting of different people. It it really feels like a small town vibe, like everybody kind of knows yep. everybody, and so it's like, yeah, I'm riding that wave, and I'm sure that one day the wave of hunt showdown and the community within it will not necessarily crash, but just kind of simmer. And it's like, okay. I, now I want to be adaptable. Now it's like, what's my next venture. I I don't want to limit myself in that capacity. Um, but I, I I definitely try to make the main focus of like, what content am I creating at the forefront? Cause like you said, if you're not having fun with it, if you're not enjoying what you're making or creating, it's going to catch up to you. And I think that, you know, beard, you, you can, um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's somewhat of what you were talking about is like, you wanted to really focus on this, but you had this voice, over here that was saying, yeah, the numbers, the numbers here. And then eventually it was like, I can't shut this fucking voice up. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's hard for me to focus on this thing that I love.
2: Right. And exactly that. Because like, um, like I, I relate a lot to what you guys are saying. Um, you know, because it, yeah, it's, you do have, you look at the one thing that's working, right. And it's like a warm, cozy hug you're like I-, I want that hug i can, yeah. i could you know it-, it was awesome i could easily go back in and-, and try again um and then you know you look at the other ventures or whatever and you're like oh shit i mean that that looks cool but like what if it doesn't work out um for me like yeah i i always i always wanted to play hunt mainly because i love this this game like even i was i played it for a long time before i even considered streaming it you know and uh so like but like i'd get a new game you know like when resident evil 8 came out i was like i know i want to stream this but like i still want to make sure i have enough days for for Han and that community and, and stuff like that and um but yeah it's no matter what you're doing whether it's the game you're playing or what yeah like i got to a point where like i wasn't doing anything drastically different like i was still uh you know playing with great people and i was still having fun in the games but yeah like there was just that voice sitting behind me that's going hey your numbers are down. Hey, <laughs> if you fuck up, you, you know, you, you, you don't have a job to fall back on. Hey, you know, your, your kids, you know, you need to feed them and this is what's going to do it. So if you don't do it right, you fucked up. And it's yeah. like just this constant, like, Oh dude, I got to I'm all in on this right now. I, I have to do, I have to do well because if I don't other people are, are relying on me. My, you know, my bills ain't going away just cause I have a slow month. You know what I mean? So even though I was doing it, I was so like, I kept looking over at OBS and I'm like, I'm looking over at my stats and I'm like, just stop, just have fun. And it's like, that's, that's one of the reasons why I even got a community in the first place was people were, you know, enjoying the vibe and, you know, they're like, this is a dude clearly having fun and and being silly with his, with his friends. And when you start hyper-focusing, like I was doing, it very clearly reads at some point, like people are going to pick up on it. They're going to sense the stress. They're going to sense that you're not laughing as much. You're not telling the same jokes, um, subtle nuances that are going to very clearly read to the people that are watching you a lot. Um, and even newer people might come in and they'll be like, something's weird with this guy. What the hell? I don't know what it is. But I don't like it. You know what I mean? So yeah, even if you're not actively doing things different where you are like, oh, I'm hurting my content your your body language your your subtle nuances your vocabulary can be affected by that stress um and honestly i you know um you know i once i eased off that throttle a little bit where i was i, I you know i stopped obsessing so much over the stats a lot of that stress went away man and content started being fun again streaming was fun again um you know and and you know with you can't really say that like, you know, oh, because I stopped obsessing or because I did obsess, things got better or worse because it's just kind of one of those things, man. You know what I mean? Like uh content creation is going to have an ebb. It's going to have a flow. And I don't know what affects what, you know, I I, I don't know what the, the shadow puppeteer, man, I don't know what strings he's pulling up there. <laughs> so I don't know, you know, exactly how things are being affected, but I know that me as a, as a creator. I feel a lot better now that I've stopped obsessing so much because at the end of the day, you're hurting yourself with that obsession, but also the people around you are just going, "Dude, this, guy is, this, this is getting to it. and I can feel it. Yeah, for like sure. I, I relate
0: to that a lot. Cause that is very true. Like if you uh, aren't happy, it does translate to, to the content, whether you want it to believe it or not. Like people do pick up on those little nuances and like when you can, get to the point where, and it's really, really difficult. And I would imagine that the higher the stakes are, the more difficult it is to be able to do this. Uh, that, that's why like it is, it's, it does interest me to hear you, um, talking about like, you know, relying on, on this source of income. Like when you throw that in, it does become a bigger stress. And when it becomes a bigger stress, like it's feel, it's going to feel a little bit less natural. Like I feel like I'm at my best with content, When it's just like fun. So sometimes I feel like in the very beginning of me even doing content was some of my best stuff because it was just like, yeah, I'm just on here like having fun. I have no expectations of things because I think that a lot of times it's those expectations that can tear us down because it's like, oh, well, this isn't exactly what I was hoping that it would be. But really, the expectation should just be like you got like what it is that you got into it for in the first place. Yes, you might have bigger goals or aspire to do something, but ultimately something drew you to it. And that was, you thought it was fun. You, you liked doing it. And, and that's, it, that, that should technically never go away. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: Um, to, to kind of switch gears, but not, not entirely. Cause I feel like what we've talked about to a certain extent is this sort of evolution that you've gone through, um, beard specifically. And, and also us, um, we've talked about it a lot is, you know, there is this this phase of, oh, there are no expectations at all. We're just doing this because it seems fun. We like it. Then there's like, hmm, you know, we're getting a little bit of success with it. Maybe some expectations. Then it's like this level of how much do those expectations impact my content creation? Do I settle back down? Like, they're, they're, like you've described, there's an ebb and a flow. I feel like the new phase um, for you, Beard, has been this like, you've been so occupied with your pursuit of your uh, art education uh, degree. And um, I wanna talk about like, just in general, what your goals are with the art education thing, but also where does content creation fit in your future with those goals? Like, is there an end game? What do you want out of content creation now that you've had this evolution of, of your your channel of now what you're focusing on mostly in your personal life, walk me through that a little bit.
2: So, um, basically from the start, my uh, my whole philosophy for my career was always I wanted to do something with games, right? So initially in high school, I was going to be a uh, I was, I said, I was going to be a concept artist for a video game company and a specifically a video game tattoo artist. Uh, was what I was supposed to specialize in, um, and then that kind of evolved and changed as I got older. Um, currently, I have a uh, a colleague that was uh, I went to school with, where we actually designed a, a class for high school students um, on the theory and the appreciation of uh, art in the entertainment field, so video games, movies, that sort of thing. Um, so kind of where i got with teaching is um I, I i don't i like to try to draw inspiration from uh bob ross uh, it, which is uh, you know it sounds a little weird but uh bob ross was actually a guy uh, i don't know if you know or not he was in the military um got out and was like i want to learn how to paint and art school was like you don't just learn how to paint and he's like what, wait, what, is, what do you mean and like basically they told him like you can't just do that and Bob Ross was like, well, I'm going to do that. And he's like, art is for everyone. You know, you can teach it, blah, blah, blah. Just basically, he, he didn't like the the um, like the ego that comes with it, right? So that mentality that art can be for anyone um, that, you know, you don't have to have a certain level of talent or skill. Um, you know, anyone can get into that world in one way, shape, or form. Um, you know, that combined with the it, it constantly pisses me off that people view video games as not a work of art. So, like, my goal, I guess, as as like a, as a person was always bringing the art of video games to more people and making more people feel comfortable in themselves as an artist. And also, you know, having more people feel like they could be, you know, into the world of art. Mm. Um, so, with content creation, I always set out that I wanted to do... You know, I wanted to play games with some friends. I wanted to have the, you know, the jokes and, and you know, basically what I do now. Um, and eventually, once I got the equipment, I wanted to start doing art streams. I wanted to start being able to do even streaming lessons or um, even just having a, a platform where I could, I could interact with people while I worked and, you know, we could talk all kinds of different things. Um, so in the grand scheme of my career... Um, obviously, I want to get done with school. Uh, I got a little bit of time left. Um, and at the end of the day, if I could, like, say I had the opportunity, I kept growing, and I could be a full-time streamer, like, somebody that can make a comfortable living off of streaming. It doesn't necessarily have to be a Tim the Tatman or something like that where I'm, like, loaded. But if I could, like, teach during the day, stream at night, that sort of thing, like, I'd still... Uh, I do a couple hours at night. That way, basically, I would get done with teaching, have time to hang out with my kids, and then at night, you know, stream a little bit, get to play with some, you know, some great people, and that sort of thing. That's like the idea, the ideal place. Now, um, I've had somebody ask me before, like, "Well, if you had the opportunity to be more of a streamer than more of a teacher, what would you do?" And um, I don't really know because I haven't, you know, that's not a bridge that's been presented to me. You know what i mean like i i would i feel like streaming is what i love to do i love playing games and i love being able to have a platform where i can talk to people that you know of all walks of life doesn't matter who they are or you know how you know anything really it just i can my big thing was that i uh, i always wanted to make a difference some way because my art teacher was a big difference in my life he was one of my only support systems i had growing up so i was like if i have the opportunity to make a difference for someone it'll all be worth it. So whether that's through streaming, or teaching, that that concept that I could be, uh, you know, a positive, a positive mentor, or, you know, um, uh, just a figure, I guess not a mentor, but like a positive figure for somebody in some way, shape or form, was is one thing that I definitely strive to do, uh, whether it be in teaching or uh, streaming.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. I, this is, this is really cool to hear. I, I, um, I, I wasn't sure if, you know, I I don't know if we ever personally talked about, uh, this stuff and, and I wasn't sure what your, if there was an end game for streaming because of the art education stuff, but it's, it's refreshing to hear that you'd like to have both, you know, where the, the art education stuff would be your nine to five and then. You know the streaming stuff, you'd still do
2: it, but maybe
1: that would be like yeah. your
2: nights or something that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, if I had the opportunity, um, because like I don't think that, uh, you know, I don't think you have to be a full time teacher, um, you know, leading a class to be uh, at any kind of impact on anybody. I think that you know, a lot of substitute teachers end up getting the short end of the stick, or even like part time teachers, people are like, oh, well, you're not, you're not, you're not there every single day, blah, blah, blah. dude, anyone anyone can make an impact whether you're a teacher whether you're the guy at dunkin donuts you know what i mean like you can make a difference no matter where you are or how much you do it so as long as i was happy in what i'm doing i mean really it's just it's just kind of a like a, a a a needle on a radial thing whether or not i was leaning more towards teaching or streaming like yeah um you know if i was if i if i just something happened where I was just climbing and streaming would I drop out of school no no I mean I'm there I want to do it I want to be able to get my degree you know what I mean so like I still want to teach and stream um streaming would have to obviously it's it's a sink or swim business you know what I mean it's not something that you can just be like like at a a day's notice you could lose everything you know Mm -hmm. what I mean so um it's scary you know when you have people relying on you and stuff like that so Um, it's definitely been a trial, uh, you know, a trial and an experience, but yeah, I mean, I would, I would love to do, um, to do both in whatever capacity, whether it was part-time streaming and full-time teaching or full-time streaming and part-time teaching, you know what I mean? As long as I, at the end of the day, as long as my kids are taken care of and my, you know, I feel fulfilled in what I do, I'm doing, I think that's the dream.
1: Well, speaking of, uh, how nine to fives will iron out and stuff, Steven, you and I talked a little bit, uh, before stream just about how you felt like, you know, your nine to five influences your content a little bit and stuff. And I just want, um, I think it's good to hear, especially with how it it might change your goals or how you iron things out content wise. What's, what do you have to say or what's your experience been like with your nine to five and where do you see yourself going forward?
0: I think that so realistically your nine to five. I feel like it has like a bad reputation. Sometimes when people say like nine to five, it's it makes it sound like it's this lousy thing. But at the end of the day, like a nine to five to me is just what are you doing so that you can afford to exist pretty much yeah. (laughs) like so that you can eat and like do the things that you want. But I'll say that the reason why I think that nine to five get a bad reputation or get such a bad reputation is I think a lot of times people because they become so reliant on it. And and this kind of goes back to the original point of like, when you throw money into something, it always changes things. So when people become reliant on their nine to five, it is, it, it means like so much so there's a pressure and people can become very unhappy and i've noticed that in my life content has always been sort of a an escape from the negative side of a 9 to 5 because i've had both pro i've had good times and bad times with my 9 to 5s over the years but i have noticed that when i'm feeling good it does translate over to my content. And I can actually, I mean, I know myself really well because I've been myself my whole life. So I can pick up when I go back and like watch an old video that I did, or I'm a part of something, uh, uh, anything I did in the past, I can kind of pick up on all like, oh yeah, I remember that month I was under a lot of stress at work. And I can actually see that translate over to things. And I think that over time, there's been this evolution in me that's realized that everything that you do in life does feed into other aspects. Like if you're miserable during one phase, or if, if you like break out your whole day, if you're miserable from nine to five to then just close your computer or, or clock out and then just try to like produce amazing content or to try to have fun with that, like it's probably not going to work as well because if you feel good about yourself, like that, that continues. And it's not even just with content. I'm saying like, uh, with relationships, both friendships, significant others. Like, I just think that things, they, they all kind of connect to one another. So that's kind of been a shift in myself is like, I think sometimes there's a, there's a feeling where I've felt like I need to be like multiple different people or I've relied on one thing to provide too much in my life. And I've tried to become better at like, having a healthy balance and sometimes taking a step back and recognizing like this aspect of my life is making me unhappy. So I need to fix it so that the other parts of my life can also maybe even be better than the, than they've been currently. Yeah.
1: Well, that's, uh, you know, it's, it's something that we talked about a little bit last week um, with balancing, you know, the work life and then this content creation stuff. But you're, you're absolutely right is Like, not only do I think that the things that we consume lead to what we're able to create, but just like the overall, like existing, if you're in this state of like, I'm just miserable for most of my day, most of my weeks and stuff, you're really pulling out of, you're pulling energy out of thin air to be able to be like, Oh yeah, I just got to pretend I'm stoked to do this other thing while most of my days and my weeks are just draining me and I'm exhausted and stuff. And I think uh you know, hearing you talk about this, I th- I think you and I and I don't know if you relate to this as well, beard, but I think you and I have have always been uh fighting for the what's what I guess society would call unconventional to a certain extent of like I don't just want my nine to five to just be a paycheck and me to be miserable and me to be working for the weekend. Like I mm. want to enjoy it to a certain extent, but in a way I feel like for both of us, it's it's kind of become that where it's like, we're working for that clock to hit five, you know, metaphorically speaking, you know, whatever time you get off. Actually we're working for that clock to hit five so that we can go do this other thing that we love. And it's like, maybe maybe there's somewhere on the spectrum that we're missing out on where it's like maybe we can find something that uh that we enjoy maybe we don't see it as like that's the end game maybe we do well as the 9 to 5 and and instead of just being like well I just need to get this paycheck so that I can do this other stuff on the weekends or do this other stuff at night cuz I feel like I've definitely felt it too where I'm just I get I have a hard time sleeping at night because I don't want to wake up and do this nine to five thing. I'd, I'd rather like there have been times where I've streamed to like three in the morning or four in the morning when I have to work at eight. And it's like, I don't, I don't want to stop doing this thing that I love for this thing that I'm just like, oh, here we go. I got to do this. It's a paycheck, you know? But maybe there is a middle ground where it's like, maybe I could find a job that I
0: actually do enjoy to a certain extent. Well, how, however that ends up manifesting, I can even take this a step further to, I, I think to even just like highlight how all of this feeds into each other. Think about how many songs are about love and think about like what the reason behind that is. Because like when you, f- like if you feel like you're in love with somebody and like, you just have this like amazing experience, it's like, we've all been there before. Like everything's just incredible. Like taking a bite out of food. You're like, man, I'm eating this bite out of this pizza and I'm in love at the same time. like, <laughs> I'm getting laid. Like all this stuff is great. Like everything's amazing. Like everything feels great. And like, you're going to tell me that that energy isn't going to bring more positive things to you. than, man, I hate, <laughs> I hate this job. I hate my friends. Like this, I'm not one to be like, dude, it's just the vibes, man. But at the same time, I a hundred percent am where it's like when you feel good and you're vibing with something that like spreads everywhere. Why do you think people say like, find something you love and then find a way to make money doing it? Because realistically, then you'll never work a day in your life because it's enjoyable. It's not always going to be like amazing that day in the same way where being in love isn't amazing every single day. There's some days you're like, man, I don't like this girl so much anymore. Or man, this just is not working out so much anymore. Like I just maybe it's just like maturity, but I I sort of just view things a lot differently now than even when I very first started doing this content stuff.
1: Yeah, it's a process. It, it, it definitely is a process. I mean, like Beard said, like we're not you know, the, the shadow puppeteer. We don't know exactly what strings cause what to, to burn, but you're right. There, ha- there has to be a correlation between like how this thing ends up impacting this other thing. And eventually, I, I also think, you know, there is a culmination of events that happen. You know, we talk about the law of averages where it's like, I don't necessarily believe in karma, uh, but I do believe just practically speaking, like the more good I do in the world, the more good I'm going to receive. Like on average, if I'm doing good things, you know, I think more often than not, the law of averages is going to equal out to good things happening back or just me feeling good or whatever. I think, you know, comparably, um, if you are, are culminating this life where a bunch of it is really draining you and you might be able to push that off for a little bit, but the law of average is going to catch up to you. Eventually that stuff is going to weigh on you and it's, it's going to influence even things that you might've found joy in previously. You can't just, you can't keep pulling out of thin air. It's not, it's yeah. not
2: gonna. And that That's actually what I was going to get into too, is, um, you know, a big problem I think with, um, kind of both of what you guys are saying is. Um, you know, ever since we're kids, we're told our whole lives, you can do whatever you want to do. You can do whatever you want to do, be anything you want to be. Then you get older and they're like, well, I mean, you could be whatever you want to be. But you be the thing that maybe makes the most money. And it's yeah. like, okay, well, what happened? To, I could do whatever I want to do. Well, I mean, you can, but like, you only make this much, but if you do this thing, you'll make this much. And it's like, okay, but I don't like that. Yeah, but <laughs> look at that paycheck. that's that's a lot of zeros huh so (laughs) it's it's a matter of career wise you know a lot of times i feel like people um people end up uh taking whatever light they have whatever talent whatever skill whatever something and we a lot of times we end up putting it under a fucking basket because we're and we push it away because we're like i gotta do what everyone thinks i should do or i gotta do what's gonna make me the most money because money will equal happiness. So like, that's something I get a ton is like, I remember uh, when I went my my last job, I'd have customers come in and I'd bring up, you know, the fact that I'm in school. Oh, what are you in school for? Art education, becoming an art teacher for high school. And they'd go, like laugh, like scoff. (laughs) I'm sorry. And I was like, (laughs) excuse me? You're sorry for me? I'm like, bro, at the end of the day, I'm going to be happy with what I'm doing. Yeah. I I mean, you know, obviously it's not going to be rainbows and leprechaun farts all day, but I mean, it's going to be,
1: wait, are leprechaun farts a good thing.
2: I mean, they're pretty, wouldn't they be pretty magical? You think probably get like a half wish. (laughs) What's your take on
0: the leprechaun? farts? (laughs) I don't think they're for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) I
2: think you get like a minor wish where you're just like, man, we're just like, man, I I could go for a steak right now. And then a little leprechaun goes (laughs) like steak and onions. You know, Ooh, like okay. there it is well if but, they, but if you're they like,
1: bring wishes true that are like on a small scale i suppose that's a good thing
2: Sounds <laughs> not as good as I, a genie but no, no. <laughs> right well i mean genie farts are a whole nother quality.
1: wait what i don't think a genie needs a fart for you to make wishes to
2: a genie what are you talking about clearly you don't know how genies work <laughs> you probably think that's, they come you know out of what? a lamp
1: That's fair, okay? I don't know genie lore that well, okay? You might be more of an expert on that stuff
2: than me. (laughs) Oh, man. But, yeah, so, like, but going back to it, um, yeah, I've had people, like, laugh in my face, and they're like, don't you know teachers don't make that much money? And I'm like, don't you know there's more to life than just money? Like, yeah, sure, obviously, you want to make money, you want to be able to provide, you want to be able to live a comfortable life, but so often we end up not pursuing what we want to do because we think that that's what we have to do. Like, yeah. I've met people that I, um, that you know, cause when you're teaching, you do what's called observation and then student teaching. So student teaching is more of what you would expect when you think of like, you know, that that, that environment. You're actually, you're going in, it, you're, you're helping the teacher. You are, you are effectively a, a, a teacher in that moment where when you're observing, it's more like shadowing somebody. You go in, you have a certain amount of hours, you go in, you observe, you take notes you interact with the, the kids you interact with the teacher but you're not actually teaching but I've, I've met kids that were like athletes in high school and i was like hey man what are you gonna do after oh, you know we about their artwork and i'm like yeah this is really good what do you plan to do uh for college and he's like oh well you know everyone wants me to to play football so i'm gonna play football and i was like well is that what you want to do he's like oh no i fucking hate football i was oh, like no. why, why are you why are you doing it then bro he's like well, i would get to school i could get in school for free and i'm like okay but like hear me out what if you continue this or or you know whatever but instead of just putting all in on football why don't we think about maybe pursuing what you want to pursue because this he was actually a really talented um musician and i was like you know I, but again you hear like oh i'm a musician you know you people will immediately be like ha, hey, you better get a you know don't quit your day job and it's like yeah. Why do we got to live in a world where people shit on people's unique talents and whatnot? Um, so I think in general, I think a big problem is people that feel the need to pursue career and work wise, what they feel is best financially, rather than what fulfills us as a person. And there's gotta be even ground there. You know what I mean? Um, and then as for like making happiness, like one thing that I've learned personally, um, cause I've taken a ton of psychology courses and I've, I've studied all these different types of psyche and whatnot. And one thing that I've noticed that that drives me personally in, insane um, because, you know, I've uh, as somebody who suffers from depression and who's done a lot of um, studies on depression, you'll hear a lot of people that are like, oh, well, you just gotta, you gotta be happy. You gotta make yourself happy. You know, you gotta you gotta find a way to, to make, to bring yourself up or, or, you know, and it's like, we're human, man. We're not fucking wizards. I can't, I can't conjure something that's not there. And we, you know, you guys were talking about how You know exactly that like when you're when you're not happy in your job and you know maybe things aren't going on you know great in your personal life how are you supposed to be able to conjure that that happiness and Mm -hmm. that's a lot of a lot of things where people expect us there there's like this weird thing where people are like you know oh you gotta you gotta be happy on your own you gotta be happy by yourself you gotta find happiness in what you're doing it's all You got to do this. You got to do that. Where it's like, we're not creatures that are meant to be alone. We're not creatures that are meant to be able to create all these things. Like I said, we're not, we're not goddamn wizards. I'm not Shenron, the mighty dragon. I can't just make things happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, um, a lot of times people feel like they can't rely on other people or they are afraid to reach out, get help. Um, or anything, or just in general, you know, or, you know, if you're in a job that's just kicking your ass, and, you know, you're like, I hate doing this, I wish I was doing anything else, but I got to do it. And it's it's one of those things, especially where, you know, if you're out on your own, and you got all the bills are on you, you're like, I don't want to lose my place. But if I quit this job, and, you know, I, I go to something that I might enjoy more, maybe I don't make enough to sustain it. So it's like this weird game of like, finances versus happiness and you know sometimes there are things that we can conjure on our own and sometimes we can try to you know but but it goes it goes starts going into that territory that you guys were saying about creating a false sense of i'm happy like you try to gas yourself up real big in your videos or on your stream you're like hell yeah dude my day was awesome (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah
2: and no matter what people are going to pick up on that eventually. I mean, you could be you could be the most over the top freaking you're shooting streamers out and like there's like sparklers and shit and people are going to be like tears of a clown. You know what I mean? Like it's you really got to find out what it is and, and figure out if there's a way that you can change it and whether that means you're uncomfortable for a little bit, like for me um, and, not, and to to end my my super long tangent i uh for me when i when i decided i was gonna go to school for teaching and i was finally gonna stop fucking around with with dead-end jobs and things that i hated um i knew i was like i'm gonna lose my apartment i'm gonna have to move back in with my with my mom and it's gonna be uncomfortable because i have kids and we're living in a small ass apartment and you know when you're in the dating scene you're like i live with my mom yeah things things suck you know you're gonna have a period of time where things aren't the way you want them to be that's yeah. kind of the, that's kind of how it has to be though. You know, we can't, you know, sometimes to cre- to get ourselves to the end game, you know, there's going to be a period of time where things kind of suck and we have to make compromises. And um, some people don't want to do that. Or, or, you know, some people feel like they can't do that. And that's a big thing. I think more people need to, to really consider is that even if you feel like financially you can't do something, talk to people, man, really, really weigh the options. Because if you're not happy in what you're doing, it ain't going to change one day. You're not going to walk into the job that you hate, you know, and then all of a sudden they're like, Hey, uh, do you want to just get paid to do nothing? <laughs> you're like, that sounds pretty good. But then yeah. you wake up and because the, your fucking alarms going off. You're like, "God, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is all good stuff. I think, um, I think the one thing that you you've touched on uh, a, a lot throughout all of this that I think Stephen and I, it's something that we can't speak to. And I feel like now this is might become a trend on our show where we get at least one thing that we absolutely have no perspective on. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's through all of this, through everything that we're talking about, on top of that, you are a father. And we talk about balancing a lot of this stuff with work and you know stuff that we have experienced, but we don't know what that extra layer of, Hey, I'm, I'm also a dad um, right. on top of that. So I just want to hear like, you know, in, in light of everything that we've discussed, uh, you know, whether it's your perspective on how it impacts you creatively, how it impacts uh, a little bit what you talked about before, like the importance of, you know, you know, being successful, quote unquote, um, you know, financially with this stuff, what is being a father in this pursuit, like for you?
2: Ooh, buckle up boys. We're going to go someplace. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, there are, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to where to figure out where to begin with that. I mean, it's hard. It's because on the one end, there are some really awesome moments, right? Cause I'm like, there are, there are times where I'm like, you know, I'm assuming, hopefully I'm still doing this when they're a little bit older you know, there might be times where they're like, "Oh, your dad is so you know, your dad's beard. Oh, uh, he's funny." You know, might have some cool moments like that or some interactions like that. Um, I've also had some moments where my my oldest, who is six, um, when I uh, I started making merch, um, her mom, my ex, she actually um, had uh, I had showed her. I was like, "Hey, this is one of my merch designs." She goes, "Oh yeah, well, where do I get it?" And I was like, "Why do you want my merch?" so she she bought my merch and then my daughter saw it and she goes that's that's dad's logo and i was like yeah that's that's my hoodie it's and i'm like yeah she's she's learning how to read right now but i'm like that says that that's my name and she goes that's the coolest thing ever (laughs) i was like she goes and looked at me dead on and just goes dad can i have a shirt with your logo and name on it and i was like you want to wear my merch
0: (laughs) (laughs) she thinks her dad's cool
2: (laughs) you know (laughs) like it was like this such this genuinely cool moment man like this just wholesome moment where i was like and she still will ask me she's like dad uh, because uh where i where i do my merch through i had made i mocked immediately i'm like Tearing up, designing this shirt. I'm like, oh, girl, what's a shirt from her dad? And then I get it all designed, and the website that puts it out goes, "Oh, sorry, we don't have that. We don't have that item in stock." And I was like, "Well, no. maybe it'll come back soon." Now, so I'm like, oh. still not able to put out a child size shirt. And my daughter will every now and then be like, "Hey, dad, did they ever get your shirt back in?" And so I can have one. And I'm like, "I'm just gonna get some markers and make you a damn shirt." <laughs> but, um anyways so yeah you have these moments where it's it's really cool and you know um there was a there was some times before uh where i would stream like valheim and i would always i i would tell my my ex i was like you know um if she ever wants she got to a point where she wanted to watch me and i was like you want to you just want to watch me stream you know she's and my ex was like yeah she likes watching you stream she thinks you're funny and she thinks it's funny to watch you before bed so i would have her i'm like hey type in chat kid mode you know what i mean and then I'll know and I'd be like, all right, guys, stop cursing. Yeah. Stop making fun of me. My kid thinks I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so we had this moment and, and then obviously as my, as my content started getting to where I was playing with more, you know, different people on a more regular basis. And we started, you know, going into more mature content. Um, she ended up not watching anymore and I that's okay. But, um, but on the more content on, on like my side of things, you know, going into this business, it started off, like I said, as something that I didn't think of as a business. I was just doing it, you know, for funsies. And I, you know, I was still working, going to school full time and working my ass off. And, um, and at the end of the day, you know what I mean? Like, like, as a parent, you're always going to have that moment, where, like your kids fall asleep, they're in their bed and you're just kind of looking at them and you're like, I suck as a parent. You know what I mean? And no matter who you are, you're going to have that moment where you're just like, this kid is so perfect and I feel like I'm just not like you, you always, you're always questioning yourself. Right. So I'd have these moments where I'm like, is this the right move? Once, once I started going into full-time streaming where I'm just like, damn dude, like I'm, I am putting their lives at, at, in a jeopardy where, um, you know, I might not be able to get them as much toys for Christmas or, you know, maybe, you know, we're, we're not able to get, you know, the best, you know, we're not able to get the we're not able to get the SpongeBob macaroni and cheese. We're getting the cheesy noodles. You know, what I yeah. Mean? Like, you know. So it's you really have this moment where you're like, am I selfish for trying to do this when I clearly have these kids looking up to me? And then you start worrying about the content that you're putting out there, and you're like, what if I, you know, what if I, what if I make the wrong joke, or what if I present myself in a way that like they're younger right now, so I don't have to deal with this as much, but like, you know, it would be weird to have a moment where you're like, oh, you know, my, my friend said that you said this or something. And it, it you know, so it's like, and not that I say anything outrageous, I don't think, you know, but, um, that yeah, genie is...
1: farts thing was pretty outrageous. I'll say that. It was,
2: it... <laughs> <laughs> I, I stand stalwart on my stance on <laughs> mythical creature toots. Okay. Okay. <laughs> But no, you get this moment where you're like, you know, because when you're, when you're a, you both know as a content creator, you always have, even though if you're not somebody that says anything crazy, you're not, you know, like, you're just always in the back of your mind, you always have this feeling. You're like, but what if I end up saying something crazy by accident? You know what I mean? You don't like, you know, even if you know, you're like, I would never say something crazy. Then you're like, uh oh. You know what I mean? It's just this weird, this this worry, this anxiety. Mm -hmm. So, you know, thinking about that in the perspective of things that could affect me, but also the kids, um, it is an odd feeling. But for me, it's like, um, I, like, I said, overall, it's just this feeling of like, you know, currently right now with no other, you know, with this being my primary source of income, yeah, I just I get this feeling of like, I'm like, dude, I'm fucking up, you know, and it, like, we're, we're still okay, and we're, we're living through and stuff like that, you know, but yeah, you get this moment of like, if I don't do well, if my content, you know, if, if I don't, if the money doesn't come through and and everything, and not only am I letting my, my followers down, I'm letting my kids down and I'm letting myself down. You know what I mean? And, and, and for me, like, I, I have a habit of probably, you know, some people will hear, you know, you'll hear this and you'll think, Oh, this this, this, you know, wholesome. But a lot of people realize this is not a great thing. I end up getting a little too attached to my followers. Like the people that are like in my chat a lot, you know that are really hanging out and really become a presence. I've had some people that I adored that I, they were like friends. You know, they, they we message off stream and you know in my Discord and stuff. And then for whatever reason or another, they end up going on to uh, uh, to leave the community, <clears throat> and it hurts. You know what I mean? Because you're like, did I fuck up? So, um, you know what I mean? Like, so you you have this feeling of there's more there's more on the line. I guess. Yeah. Like I said, there's you have this constant state of like, am I doing what's right for me? Am I doing what's right for my kids? You know, should I stop doing, should I, should I stop putting so much time into this and go do something just to, to get by so that way that they're okay. But you know, like we talked about with content showing through or your, your, you know, where you are mentally coming through into your content, um, that's going to come through to your kids too, man, whether they're old enough to understand it or not. If you're not happy in your life, that's, you know, I'm not to derail my own self, you know, that saying where they're like, um, you know, if a couple is together for the kids and they say it's better to not because even the kids can sense that that things aren't right. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. It's kind of like that. You know, if you're working at a job you hate and you're not actively, you know, like if you're not in school or, or making moves to, to go to something that you love, eventually your kids are going to pick up on that. And it's, you know, it's gonna, they're going to feel like, man, I I really wish there was something that I could do, you know, Mm -hmm. and I never wanted my kids to feel that way. You know, I, I want my kids to, to see somebody that, that loves what they do. And, you know, I've always, I'm, I'm, I continue to preach that, you know, to my kids that, you know, do what, what's, do what you think is right for you. You know, and, you know, when it, they, you know, when we talk about jobs, when we get to that point where we're talking jobs and careers, I don't want my kids thinking, "Well, the, you know, do what I got to do to, you know, because that's what I should do. Like my whole life, everyone told me, you like computers? You should go into uh, network security or like computer security. It's a huge market. You make a ton of money. And you know? I was like, I don't, I don't want to do that. Put the money and you could get up. I don't want to do that. Yeah. So I don't want them to think that that's like a thing. And I, I've met a ton of people. Most of the, uh, believe it or not, most of the the teachers that are in my curriculum right now used to be engineers, like space engineers and stuff. And they were like, yeah, I was forced to this by my family because they were like, oh, it makes a ton of money. But I just realized it's not who I am. It's not what I want to do. And I want to make sure that my kids know that, you know, from the get-go. Um, right. But yeah, when it comes to the streaming world, yeah, you're, you're worried like, um, there's also like a, a level of anxiety about, like, me, for me personally, like playing with newer people that, may, like, maybe I'm playing with somebody I don't know because, um, you know, like, what if my kid were to be watching and I'm playing with somebody and the, what if the person ends up not being a cool person and my kid's like, oh, you, you know, that's, that's okay. Like, it's, it, dad hangs out with that person. And so, is, you know, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So it's, It's. I mean, that's a minor thing. That's not really something I personally worry too much about, but it's in the back of my mind sometimes.
1: I I think Um, to the bigger point, it it seems like there becomes a layer of attentiveness to things that maybe other people wouldn't necessarily worry about as much. Like for me, I don't have that that layer of, oh, my kid could be watching. What if like I'm hanging out with a a vagabond and now my kid's uh like, Oh yeah, that's cool to be a vagabond, you know. It's it's more just like, um, I could just do whatever. I'm doing it all for me and only me, and I can whatever. So it, I think to the broader point, it does sound a lot like even the smallest smallest of decisions or actions you take can be influenced by the fact that we got a couple kiddos that could be watching or impacted or influenced by what you do?
2: Yeah. I mean, like I said, absolutely. You know, and, uh, you know, it's just, um, the big thing is at the end of the day, you're just, you're, you're constantly, that's what I think I started touching on is like, like I said, most parents will know that, like I said, you'll have this moment of self doubt where even if you're doing everything right and you know, your, your kids are great, they're well-behaved, you still some, for some reason, you're just like, I could do better. There's something I'm not doing right or whatever. And I like, I look at my kids, I am constantly told how well behaved my kids are. And there are people that are like, dude, I, I fucking hate kids and your kids are awesome. And I'm like, yeah, I I mean, I, they are great kids, but at the end of the day, I still look at them and I'm like, is there something that I could be doing better? Or, you know what I mean? Like I, 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 I want to make sure that they feel loved and, and they're happy and everything. And, you know, when you're, when you're a per, you know, when you're a person that deals with self issues, like self self image issues to begin with, and you look at yourself as like, man, I'm a fuck up or, or I'm a failure. When you have people that rely on you, that people's lives that could be directly affected by every action you take. Um, there's another level of pressure where you're just you're looking in the mirror and you're like, why am I doing this? You know, like, especially when you when you're on the the ebb part of the ebb and flow and maybe money isn't going so well. And you're like, I know, but you know, with streaming and with content creation, if you don't stick with it, it can all go away. You know what I mean? It's it's this weird game where you it, what you put in a lot of times is what you get. So the less you put in the less you get. So you get this moment of like, you start freaking out, because maybe, you know, maybe you're on an ebb, and things are going down. And you're not, you know, if you're worried about the financials, and they're not there. You're like, oh my God, what's what am I gonna do? What are my kids gonna do? And then you're like, I'm fucking up, I'm failing my kids, and I'm failing everything. And you know, you have this this level of just extra ah and you know, you really you take that long look in the mirror and you're like, Is this the right move? You know, should I should I stop doing this altogether, pack it in and go fucking work at a gas station or something? Not that there's anything wrong with working at a gas station. Um but you know what I mean? Like you working a nine to five or something like that. You're mm-hmm. you're you're just like do I stop pursuing what I sh- what I want to do because it's it's a sink or swim, or because it's because I have more riding on this, or do I keep at it? You know, and yeah. a, a lot of times, I actually think back to like the starving artist uh, metaphor, or like the the busking musician. You know, people that are that are just fighting to get by but they're doing what they love and they're hoping that one day they make it. And there's, there's a lot of stories where you hear about people that are that end that start that way and they end up killing it later, but not everyone does. So it's like, it's just that it's that constant layer of extra, like I got to do what's right. And I got to be a good representation of who I am and what I represent for my kids and my viewers. Um, And you just, it's, it's just, yeah, there's, there's more to it in that sense where you're like, you're, you're more, you get more worried about messing up, whether it's one way of shape or form, it doesn't have to be something direct. Um, you could be doing everything right, but for some reason your channel just fails, you know what I mean? Then you're like, okay, well now I wasted all this time sticking with this. And my kids went through all this for nothing. You know what I mean? So it's like, granted, I, I have a lot of support from my family. Um, and you know, I wouldn't be where I am right now without them. So I'm lucky in that regard that I was, that I'm able to pursue this right now and as well as pursuing school. But yeah, I mean, it there's a lot to it, man. There's a yep. lot to not just the financials, but also the, um, you know, that level of just wanting to be, wanting to be what your kids see you as, right. because no matter what, like when you got kids that are little, you are like freaking ultra instant Goku to them. Like you can't do wrong. You know what I mean? And I, I want, I want to maintain that. I never want my kids to be, man, my dad sucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, it's just that constant, like, should I hang up? Should I hang this up? Should I, you know, blah, blah, blah. blah. But you know, at the end of the day, like I said, you don't take stride. If you, if you let yourself fall into a place where you are stuck in that nine to five and you don't, you know, you don't try to, to, to make changes that will conjure that happiness. Good luck trying to conjure it on your own at the, when you're surrounded in a situation where nothing else nothing else outside is bringing you joy you know what i mean so right. you really have to to focus in and hone in on that thing of whatever whatever i'm doing is taking steps in the right direction
1: yeah well, one thing I can say, Beard, that I really appreciate about having you on the show today is the amount of Dragon Ball Z references. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this show <laughs> doesn't a lot. get enough Dragon Ball Z references. We've had a Super Saiyan Goku. Uh, we brought Shenron into the mix. Do you do you know all this? You I mean, Super I, I Saiyan... watched
0: a little bit of Dragon Ball Z, but I'm not anywhere near. Do you near know what Ultra eligible. Instinct is? I don't actually. Oh my god, this guy. <laughs> guy. I don't even have a podcast with this guy. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Get him out of
0: here.
1: <laughs> Did you have So next week on Bearded Flips Podcast? <laughs> yeah, there we go. It's gonna be a Dragon Ball Z niche podcast. We got it. Um Do you have anything else you want to add? No,
0: no, this? that was super thorough. That was that was great. I yeah. think I think we can end it with uh our, our little our game, game yeah. here.
1: Perfect. All right, you ready for this? You ready for the so game it, show time?
0: It all comes oh. down to this, folks. <laughs> no Dragon Ball Z re- references are allowed for this segment.
2: I, did, I really did lean heavy on the DBZ, didn't I? A little uh,
1: bit. No. Sh- a little bit.
0: <laughs> there were like it was three- a little heavy. No, right. no. No, you're good. Uh, <laughs> nah, you're good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I... I um... I appreciate your perspective, though, on uh, the fatherhood thing. Again, I think that's something that we can't speak to. So just hearing you. Yeah, but can
0: you guess movies? That's the real question here. Can you beat me after my performance last time?
1: So um, just to to set the stone, set the um, the the I can't even fucking talk. The game is called Movie Critics Must Go and basically we read synopsis of uh, obscure movies and then based off the synopsis alone we have to guess what the um, critic score on Rotten Tomatoes is. So we're going to be competing a little bit. We've got three movies here. We're going to see who comes out on top being able to guess the, the score. So let's let's go with this first one. This first one's called The War of the Roses. It was uh, 1989. Have you seen this one? i Okay, cool. After 17 years of marriage, Barbara, played by Kathleen Turner, and Oliver Rose, played by Michael Douglas, want out. The trouble is, neither one wants to part with their opulent home. So it begins a long war between husband and wife, reaching far... <laughs> I can't read this word. Far- farcical heights that leave much of the house... Not to mention their lives in shambles. You know what that word is?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not how you pronounce it. <laughs>
1: um, uh, the couple's children, Sean Aston, Heather Fairfield, watch in horror while lawyer Gavin D'Amato, played by Danny DeVito, tries his best to stem the bloodshed. Well, even though some of those words don't make any sense, we know it's basically <laughs> a marriage falling apart. And Did uh, you say
0: Danny DeVito was in Danny this? Danny
1: DeVito's in, yeah, and Michael Douglas. A lot
0: of, a
2: lot of big names. Sean Astin <laughs> in there too. Yeah, dude. Oh man, that's a tough one because, like, you know, it's rotten. You said it's Rotten Tomatoes, yeah.
1: Rotten Tomatoes, yep.
2: Yeah, so like the typical Rotten Tomatoes uh, mo is to just, you know, every movie sucks except for like a couple. This we had a couple crazy. last week that were ninety two percent
0: yeah old old movies for get higher percentages. that seems to be like the trick in this so nineteen eighty nine's kind of a trap because it's not really that old, yeah. but it's not super new so
1: yeah, so yeah. what is your score would you guess
0: so just uh, 1989 we, Rose Guns N' Roses was very big during that time And Rose is in the title of this movie Danny DeVito playing uh, a lawyer You've always got to be a little suspect of that Because the man seems a little bit shady But shady characters, especially as lawyers Have always been a big hit So at the end of the day, I think that this movie was a big hit at the time. Uh, One of the movies that really put Danny DeVito on the map. And uh, at the end of the day, I'm going to say that this movie is uh, an 82%... not the best movie, but very very sad.
1: Wait, it, yeah, because you know what? <laughs> Synonymous with the name of Danny DeVito is War of the Roses. I always hear people bring always. up War of the Roses when talking Danny DeVito. He really this really put his name on the map. All right, Beard, what's your score for it?
2: Oh man, DeVito and the roses, man. It's always sunny where Matilda who? <laughs> um, so let's see. A lot of big names, but since, I mean, I've never heard of it. I'm assuming, I mean, it's '80s, so Sean Astin's a little bit younger. DeVito probably still has more hair. Uh, I'm going with like a a cool, crisp 64%. 64%,
1: okay. I'm a little, I'm closer to beard here. (laughs) I, I think this is the kind of movie that maybe audiences liked, uh, like, I can see that, but I don't think that this is a movie that screams to me, oh, this, critics are going to love this. You know, I feel like critics can be kind of pretentious, and this sounds like kind of a goofy movie, especially with Danny DeVito. So um, I'm going to guess a 54%. All right. 54%. So let's see. What do we got here? War of the Roses. I'm the optimist on this one. What was your score on it? 82%. It's an 85%. <laughs> Dude, what?
2: I knew oh it. Oh, my God. Wow. You moonlight as a medium? What is this shit? I like, yeah. the, I like that dance. What was that? Was that you casually on the highway? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I just driving well, mean, my way to victory here. Okay. I
2: guess you're not you're not really casually on the highway. You're all over the fucking road <laughs> yeah. you're like you're, He's you're fucking driving other away. people off the road now. Oh yeah, he's serpentining <laughs> right down the freeway. Yeah,
1: that's me. All right. So Steven takes an early lead. Oh yeah. We got our next one. It's called Reversal of Fortune. Came out in 1990. Familiar with this one? Negative. We're good? Never heard of it. Okay, cool. When socialite Sonny Von Bulow, played by Glenn Close, inexplicably slips into an irreversible coma. Police suspect foul play, and the obvious suspect is her urbane husband, Klaus, played by Jeremy Irons. After being found guilty of murder, Klaus is granted a... a retrial and hires showboat Harvard law professor Alan Dershowitz played by Ron silver to represent him though unconvinced of Klaus's innocence Dershowitz en- enjoys a challenge and along with a group of his students fights to have the verdict overturned. So you want to go with this one again? What do you think?
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll go first. I'll set the tone here. So um, we got a lawyer again in this movie that is not Danny DeVito so that automatically lowers it a little bit. Uh, the synopsis I found to be kind of uh, cliche, kind of bland. Uh, and then this came out a year after, so it seems like they were trying to recreate the magic of Danny DeVito, but they uh, they fell very, very flat on this one. It's a 51%.
1: 51%. All right, beer, what do you think?
2: Yeah, very lawyer-heavy. Um, let me see. Uh, I'm going to go with a 47
1: Oh, drop it a little bit. What's your reason? Drop
2: it a little bit. My my reasoning is, um, again, I what were the actors' names again?
1: Glenn Close, Jeremy Irons, and Ron Silver.
2: Hmm. People that I I know of, but I'm not super familiar with. Um, I just, uh, I, it, it's not a movie that's a blip on the radar for me. I think okay. it, I think it's I think it's one that that's, that's skated by.
1: All right. Well, I'm going to go with an 80%. I think that this one uh, didn't do as well as the last one cuz there wasn't the the wittiness or, or the quirks that Danny DeVito brings. <laughs> but I still think, you know, again, I am thinking critics are going to like the the lawyer stuff. So, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go with this. So, 80% for me. Reversal of Fortune Boom! Brandon gets this one. It's a ninety-two percent. Whoa!
0: Wow! What? That's Let's supposed go, to be a dude. real Whoa, good movie.
2: Man, I gotta start being more optimistic.
0: Yeah, yeah that's, dude. That's a really solid one. That's, wow! That is a solid one. That
1: now in the two times we've played this game in the last two weeks, three <laughs> movies have been ninety-two percent. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. I feel like people are a little uh, liberal with
2: that ninety-two percent. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking um it's gonna be like Ernest goes to the moon 100 percent. it got an oscar <laughs>
1: <laughs> <It's gross. laughs> so right now beard it's not looking good for you i mean this is your first time playing the game so I, we're gonna cut you some slack but okay. this could be the last one here all right this is make or break either you make it a three-way tie or one of us takes it away all right so this movie is called eyes without a face this was back in 1960 have you heard this one Ooh, no. Okay. Um so I picked this one a little bit cuz it's got that horror vibe to it which I know that you are, are a big fan of. Uh so Dr. Genesier, played by Pierre Brassour, is riddled with guilt after an accident that he causes that he did had that caused disfigures shit, I can't even. Let me start over. <laughs> Eyes Without a Face 1960. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Genesier is riddled with guilt after an accident that he caused disfigures the face of his daughter, the once beautiful Christiane, played by Edith Scobb, uh, who outsiders believe is dead. Dr. Genesier, along with accomplice and laboratory assistant Louise, uh, played by Alida Valli, kidnaps young women and brings them to Genesier mansion. After rendering his victims unconscious, Dr. Genesier removes their faces and attempts to graft them onto Christianes. Mm -hmm. So this guy is doing this out of the love for his daughter, but it's very sadistic. Okay. This is, this is some messed up stuff. This is psychopathic stuff here. Um, you know, gives a new, meaning to the uh the crazy scientist crazy doctor um aesthetic so i'm gonna give this one i think 1960 again i think these movies typically do pretty well i think this is a very creative premise um kind of spooky maybe 1960 maybe this was gruesome for for people back then i don't know i i'm thinking i'm gonna give it a 93 percent I'm not going to go 92, because I feel like if this is 92, that might be cheating, but I'm going to give
0: 93%. What do you think, Steven? So, you know, 1960, this is a time in American history where we've got some... Uh, the nuclear family is uh, very prominent. Um, but within the nuclear family, we had a, a, a time where maybe people, they didn't like horror movies. It, it was also, you know, we're we're in the, more of the earlier days of, of film. I, I think that this this movie... It tried to do a lot of things, but the special effects weren't quite there to deliver. So instead, I think people, they went there and, and they were very underwhelmed, but also a, a little bit freaked out. And I, I don't think it sit well with people at the time. I think a 65%, um, I think it wasn't, it wasn't a bad movie. I just said it was creative. I think that's why I bump it up to the 65%. And since it's a 1960 movie, people are a l- uh, more likely to bump it up because they just love old movies and Rotten Tomatoes.
2: All right, Beard. What are your thoughts? So definitely some uh, some really uncomfortable Full Metal Alchemist vibes here. Uh, no turning the daughter into a dog though, so like that's that's good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, I see. I think for the time, uh, if we're if we're pulling people's faces off, I'm thinking for the time that the the special effects are probably garbo. But at the time, people were like, "How oh, my word!" Like I think they were floored by it. But I think it's also in a time where horror may not be like the the go-to um so i think it i think it was somewhere i think it was an optimistic i think it had its faults i think some people received it well and i think other people maybe not so much uh we're gonna go with a solid 77 percent.
1: here we go for all the marbles wow Looks like Brandon takes this one home. 98%.
2: 98%, dude. Oh, my God. I'm
0: retiring. This this is one of the greatest movies ever. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Dude, I knew it. I I had a
1: feeling, all right? And, uh, you know, Beard, you, you left tonight scoreless. And I, I mean I I appreciate you having it on the show, but I that's just that's But you go home a loser, basically. You go home a loser. That's <laughs>
2: the- <laughs> Thanks for me on the show. It'll be the only time you ever appear on the show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it was it was fun while it lasted though. I mean, we really appreciate having you as a guest on the show today and uh, it's it's been a blast. Where where can people find you on social media?
2: So, I am, uh, of course, twitch.tv slash brotherbeardtv. I am uh, brotherbeardtv on Twitter, and I am also brotherbeardttv on Instagram. Um, And that's pretty much where I operate these days. I'm mostly on Twitter. Um, I'm very active on Discord as well. Uh, That one's just uh, brotherbeardtv as well. Pretty much everywhere. You look brotherbeardtv. It's probably me. But I appreciate the hell out of you guys for having me on here, man. So, uh, I know things got pretty serious and... We, took, we had some places that were you know a little, a little sad but uh <laughs> yeah i'm i am i am like i said i'm i'm grateful for you guys having me on here and want me to to you know speak on on who i am and how i got here and you know anytime i can i can get a chance to talk about uh you know psychology and and the different aspects of you know who we are and and what we do I, i'm always i'm always down man Hell
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. You were, uh, you were great. And, um, if everyone who, uh, watched or listened to today's episode, uh, make sure you check them out. Uh, if you just like this podcast in general and you want to uh, hear more, make sure that you leave us a five star review. Make sure you follow us on whatever podcast apps you may be listening to. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel um. As another thing, if you're interested in being on the show or you know someone who might be a great guest, you can hit us up. Our email is emgpod at gmail.com and at emgpod is our Twitter and Instagram. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we will be back again soon. Take it easy.